We are Anthony and Danielle. We own a pet food store in Columbus, Ohio called Fangs and Fur that is focused on educating pet owners on feeding food nature intended for our pets. You can find us on Instagram at Fangs and Fur Pets or Facebook at Fangs and Fur. If you want to send in a question for Anthony to answer at the end of each episode, message us through our website at fangsfur.com. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and leave a review. This is the Fangs and Fur Podcast. It's not pretty, but the gut is a foundation of good health. Today, we're talking leaky gut. Stay tuned until the end of the episode where Anthony answers a customer's question. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's Real Food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. We know that what you choose to feed your pet is just as important as what you choose to feed yourself, which is why Steve's Real Food is formulated for optimal health that exceeds AFCO minimums. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. Today, I wanted to talk about leaky gut and allergies and that relationship, uh, the relationship between the two. There is a there is a hidden epidemic that's occurring right now that a lot of um, veterinarians and researchers are just kind of now grasping. But um, like I said, it is it's it's called leaky gut, and it's occurring in humans, and it's also occurring in our canines. The important thing about leaky gut is it is and very well may be the underlying issue in a lot of inflammatory diseases and ailments, from joint pain to allergies to cancer. So it's a really really important topic to talk about. Before we jump into exactly what leaky gut is, I want to talk about real quick, I just want to give you guys a snapshot of, of the dog's gut um, and how, how it kind of works. Uh, I think it'll help us understand leaky gut a little better. So simply put, the dog eats food. Food goes down to the stomach where it runs through the cycles of hydraulic acid washes and mixes with other gastric juices. Um, from that point, that mixture moves into the smaller intestine where the pancreas um, is then responsible for creating the enzymes to help break down the food even more. And then it kind of continues down the small intestine, trickles down the small intestine. Um, and this is where the bacteria actually begin to further break down and absorb the smaller nutrient particles through the mucosa or the mucosal lining, which is really important, something to remember because we're going to come back to that. And then whatever is left from that point is either um, absorbed or it's moved to the large intestine and excreted as dog shit. That is a really quick snapshot of your dog's gut and uh, the digestive system there. In the small intestine, uh, there are a bunch of these finger-like formations that cover the surface of the interior of the intestines. And this increases the surface area and therefore the area in which the food and the nutrients is absorbed. Uh, And these little fingers in the intestines are called villi or microvilli. Uh, These microvilli are covered in a very thin layer of mucousy film that helps absorb nutrients. Uh, That's called the mucosa, so kind of what we were talking about before. So what exactly is leaky gut, and what is it, and how is it affecting the gut? Leaky gut is often called a dysbiosis because it's essentially an imbalance of good and bad bacteria in the gut, Um, and this imbalance creates inflammation. So I always tell people, think of it as the good bacteria. It's kind of like a battle that's happening in in the gut, and and the good bacteria are being overrun or um, taken over by the bad bacteria. And this whole world of, of bacteria and viruses and microbes, this is, this is what we call the microbiome, which is a really popular word now. Um, it's been talked about in the raw feeding world and the holistic world for a long time. Um, but now, interesting enough, you're finding it on like even bags of dry dog food. They have this, uh, this sudden interest in the microbiome. 
um, which they should because it's it's you know um, it's called the uh, there's another name for it. I think it's called the uh, the lost organ or the undiscovered organ or something like that. But it's really really important. This imbalance in the gut creates inflammation, which then forces the cells to spread in the gut lining. This is allowing or it's it's leaking toxins and bacteria and even larger food particles uh, from the gut into the bloodstream. These particles are antigenic and allergenic, so they actually stimulate the immune system, which mounts an, an attack or a response, um, and they create antibodies against them. This process right here, what's happening right here, is what brings on this slew of, of different ailments and diseases. At this point, I also want to talk about food allergy tests because they're extremely in my opinion, uh, they're extremely inaccurate. And I also have a lot of, um, I know a lot of veterinarians that believe the same. And it's, it's because these, these food particles are actually leaving the gut undigested, going into the, into the bloodstream and the immune system's attacking it and, and creating antibodies. And this is actually showing up on allergy tests. And so a lot of, I have a lot of customers that come in and they have literally the, the list is, is they're, they're allergic to everything. Their dogs are allergic to every single protein there is. And that's, it's for this reason. So a lot of times if you heal the gut, it's not really an allergy. It's just it's just a leaky gut problem. The the reason why your traditional vet will will not talk about leaky gut is because that there's there's such a variety of symptoms from leaky gut. You have gas, you have diarrhea, allergies, joint issues, ear and skin infections, digestive issues, cancer, gum disease, bad breath, autoimmune disorders, bladder inflammation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's easy for them to treat these symptoms, uh, treat the symptoms of leaky gut without actually treating the actual cause, which is of course the inflamed gut. And so I actually, I always, in the shop, always kind of try, I try to explain this to people and I kind of cross my fingers and show that, you know, this inflammation is, is what it's, what it's doing is it's, it's inflaming the gut lining and it's kind of separating the cells in the gut lining. Um, there's, they're already, it's already a little perforated, but what happens when it's inflamed is those, those holes get even bigger. And so now these, these bigger particles are going into the bloodstream, which they should not be there. Um, that's kind of at a really simple level there, but um, it's kind of the best way to, I guess, imagine it. The causes of this dysbiosis or this this leaky gut, um, the real villains here are, well, first and foremost, highly processed diets, and that's going to be our main focus. So we're going to go back to that one. But also, it's worth mentioning that, you know, medications can, can definitely destroy the gut. Uh, we talk about antibiotics. You know, antibiotics, there's definitely a time and a place for them, but, you know, you want to make sure if your dog or cat is being prescribed antibiotics that your vets um, are actually, you know, doing culture samples, making sure that they're prescribing the right antibiotic for the right pathogen. It's, it shouldn't be, well, let's try this one. Oh, this one doesn't work. Let's try this one. Oh, this one doesn't work. Let's try this one. Antibiotics don't discriminate. So they're, they're destroying good and bad bacteria in the gut. So when you do these antibiotics over and over again, it's, you're more and more prone to, to having this dysbiosis, right? Because um, you're killing the good bacteria as well. So antibiotics can definitely contribute uh, steroids, NSAIDs, or, or non-steroidal, um, sorry, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. All these can contribute to leaky gut. Over-vaccinating is another one, you know, so making sure that you're vaccinating intelligently, which we talked about in a previous podcast. Vaccines stimulate uh, gut-associated lymphoid tissue. It's important to titer. It's important to just make sure your dogs aren't already protected before revaccinating them again. And if you don't know what titer is and you want to find out more, like I said, you can go back to our previous uh, episode with Dr. Carlson to, to learn more. But there, we do it all the time for our dogs. And I will say that, you know, most dogs, when they get their core vaccines as puppies, they're, they're 
pretty well protected past seven to 10 years of age. So I know we, we get these little mailers in the, in the, in the mail and it says, you know, time for your dogs next round. And that's just based on every three year, which is, which was a compromise, not really based on science, but do your titers, make sure that we're not over vaccinating them. Cause that can definitely, uh, partake or, uh, contribute to the, to leaky gut. And then lastly, stress, a lot of things can cause stress in our dogs, you know, moving from one place to another, new jobs, new people. Um, so I'm not going to really touch on this too much, but just making sure you're paying attention to these things because they are affecting your dog. Um, and I will say that physical activity is not talked about enough, but it is very important. You know, just getting outside for short walks can make a huge difference. You know, making sure they're moving, making sure uh, they're, you know, they're staying stimulated and also, you know, just getting some fresh air. This is Dr. Jim Carlson. We look forward to seeing you at Lifetime Pet Wellness Center. Our friendly professional team helps us offer your pet conventional medicine, surgery, and dentistry, as well as integrative options like acupuncture, chiropractics, nutritional medicine, Chinese herbal medicine, homeopathy, cold laser therapy, pulsed magnetic therapy, and ozone. We have recently added PRP, platelet-rich plasma, and stem cell therapies. These new therapies increase our philosophy of regenerative medicine and are often used for arthritic conditions but have many other uses as well. We are strong believers in the use of wholesome, fresh foods and raw foods since healthy diet probably accounts for 75% of your pet's health. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or the web at www.lifetimepetwellness.com or call 614-888-2100. I'm going to focus on diet because that's that's what I do. So um, I also think that it's, it's the most important thing when we're talking about preventing and also healing leaky gut. So that's kind of why I chose to talk about leaky gut in the first place processed food, right? So I talked about that as being a one of the major players or the major culprits in leaky gut. Kibble is, the problem is kibble is ultra processed pellets of, of mostly carbohydrates. To think that one could really thrive or even survive off these pellets is, is kind of hard, hard to believe. But kibble not only contains extremely high amounts of inflammatory carbohydrates, which cause inflammation in the gut, but to compound that problem, they also contain uh, genetically modified food. So there was a, a study done that actually showed that 90% of dry pet foods on a market contain genetically modified food. And why this is a problem, uh, particularly when we're talking about leaky gut, is because genetically modified foods, so corn, wheat, soy, peas, all these all these different kind of grains and, and legumes, are genetically modified to be resilient against Roundup or um, glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup, which is a herbicide. So what glyphate does is it actually... It, do, it doesn't affect humans and animals like it does plants, but what it does is, is it dis, it disrupts the uh, what they call the shikimate pathway of plants, so the way they absorb nutrients. It doesn't exactly affect humans necessarily like it does um, like the plants, but it does impact microbes in our gut. Okay, so because they have similar pathways, so these foods are you know genetically modified to be resilient against glyphosate, and so when they spray these crops with all this roundup, it kills everything but that particular crop that they're growing, right? And so they don't have to worry about, you know, weeds and, and other crops popping up. So making sure that you're trying to avoid genetically modified food, which will be difficult if you're feeding if you're feeding dry food. But what I'm really saying is that by eating these genetically modified foods um, that are, you know, obviously contaminated with glyphosate, and there is it, most of the foods will be have some level of glyphosate in them. 
you're directly killing the good bacteria, the, the beneficial bacteria in your dog's gut. So that obviously is creating the imbalance or a dysbiosis in the gut of the good and bad bacteria, which is then creating inflammation, which is then creating disease and allergies alike. Staying away from processed food, moving to raw food is, is you know, or even just fresh food is going to be incredibly beneficial for, for, I mean, not only for our dog's guts, but also for us. It's also important to mention that the gut contains over 80% of the immune system. So by destroying the microbiome with, with processed food, creating this leaky gut situation, you're actually creating fertile ground for chronic disease. So obesity, cancer, um, behavioral issues, you know, I, I think that's really important to, to talk about as well. I mean, 90% of, of serotonin is created in the gut. Serotonin is, is defined as a key hormone that stabilizes mood, feelings of well-being and happiness. So, you know, the gut is, is incredibly, incredibly important. Um, and this is really just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, processed food, kibble is what I'm specifically talking about often contain levels of, of aflatoxins, uh, mites, uh, denatured proteins, high amounts of, of species inappropriate foods like grains, starches, carbohydrates. And all these chemical stressors are adding to your pet's gut's inflammation and, and the dysbiosis that's going on there. So what can you do? Uh, what can you do as a pet owner to kind of either prevent or help um, if your dog already has uh, or is affected by leaky gut? Feeding a fresh whole food diet that's going to be low in carbohydrates, um, ones that are using low glycemic carbohydrates like, you know, green leafy vegetables, uh, spinach, kale, broccoli, things like that, so that it's not inflaming the gut. And that is also species-appropriate raw foods. They're highly digestible. They naturally contain beneficial bacteria and also enzymes that help break itself down and also help feed the, the gut microbiome and keep it strong, keep it healthy, keep it... Um, diverse and, and strong. So feeding a fresh whole food diet is obviously going to be really, really beneficial in preventing and also um, healing leaky gut. And I will say with a with a pet that already has leaky gut, it's, it's best to do this slowly because things can get worse if you're going to change their diet up. So we always kind of do a slow approach if we know that this is, if the dog's definitely struggling um, with some gut issues. Pre and probiotics are really, um, I could probably do a whole nother podcast on this, they're really important. I mean, obviously, we're talking about a dysbiosis and imbalance in the gut of good and bad bacteria. So adding some some beneficial bacteria can be really, really helpful. You know, at the shop, we sell Adored Beast pre and probiotics. In my opinion, they're the best. They're about 30 billion CFUs, which are, it's a lot of colony forming units. I would say if you're looking at probiotics, they should at least be over 10, 10 billion. There's some out there that are way, way less. So this is important to look at. Adored Beast also, they also use 14 different strands of, of canine-derived probiotics. So obviously really beneficial for the canine specifically, and it also helps keep their, their gut diverse using, you know, 14 different strands, which is awesome. Um, and then they use prebiotics to help feed the probiotics once they're in their gut, keep them there, keep them strong, keep them healthy. Besides transitioning to a, a, a more fresh food, whole food diet, we kind of touched on these a little bit before, but you know, limiting medications if possible. You know, this is obviously something you want to do, you know, working with your vet. But limiting uh, medications, um, you know, maybe putting a pin in some medications that aren't necessarily necessary at the moment um, as we're trying to heal the gut can, can obviously be beneficial. Feeding a fresh raw food diet, obviously, is going to help. Avoiding vaccines for a period of time, you know, or titering. Um, like I said, we did a previous episode about this. But um, vaccine, vaccines can definitely disrupt the, um, 
the gut microbiome. So it's um, important to, at least as when we're trying to heal the gut, to kind of put a pin in those for the, for the time being. And then exercise. I mean, you'd be surprised how far that, that can go. Diet and exercise, <laughs> we, we preach this a lot, but I think it's, you know, they're both inexpensive and, you know, pretty easy to, to accomplish. We talk about this, or I say this a lot in the shop, but investing in diets or in their diet now is, is a proactive investment that will help you save a lot of money in the long run um, by keeping them strong and healthy. I take Mozzie to the vet. He's 10 years old. I take him to the vet twice a year, and I, I really only do that because I get him tested for microfloria twice a year. So, you know, if it wasn't for that, he probably wouldn't. He'd probably, I guess he'd go in once a year for a blood panel just to make sure everything's good. But, you know, I, I do my best to to give him the best food there is and keep him keep him strong, keep him healthy. And my emphasis for his health is is going to be on his gut. So I feed, you know, obviously I feed a fresh food diet. I feed raw food. I do a lot of fermented raw food that has a lot of good probiotics in there. And then I'll add a lot of, uh, like I said, I add a lot of the Adored Beast products. They have different lines of different probiotics, healthy gut, gut soothe, love bugs, um, so I keep it really diverse and uh, making sure that he's getting some really good, good uh, beneficial bacteria in his gut. Because I know it's, it's you know, it's obviously an upfront cost, but I know it's it's good for him and it makes him feel better. And I know it's going to um, save a lot of money for me in the long run just by keeping him healthy, keeping his gut strong. And I think that's where everyone's emphasis should be as far as just the general health of your of your pet is, is making sure you're focusing on the gut because that is that is the foundation of health. I mean, a lot of times we see this in a shop a lot. He, once we heal the gut, everything seems to kind of fall in place. And if it doesn't, you know, it really helps build a, sal- a solid foundation of health that you can build on and that, you know, allow the body to heal itself in other places. So hope this helped. I know there's a lot of, of pet parents out there struggling to find out what's what's going on with your what's going on with your pet and you have all these ailments and they kind of are starting to compound and, and you're trying to figure it all out. I think starting with the gut is is key. It's really, really important. Can't say it enough. Create a solid foundation of health by by healing the gut. And that will give you the ability to heal other ailments from there. Feed your pet food made from the freshest and healthiest ingredients found in Steve's real food. Every Steve's formula is pH balanced and uses only 100% natural, high-quality USDA-inspected free-range meats and unprocessed whole and functional foods. Plus, it's loaded with beneficial bacteria from goat milk. See how much better your pet will feel after just a few weeks on Steve's Real Food. Find out more in the podcast show notes. All right, Anthony, this week we have a customer's question. What is the difference between feeding out of a bowl versus a lick mat? It's a great question. Uh, it's, we get this a lot. We sell, we sell, this isn't a, a, an advertisement for Mind Pet Platter, but it is one of my favorite products we have in the shop. Just because I've seen a difference, it, it's made it for a lot of different dogs. Sometimes we focus a lot on, on what we're feeding the dogs and we're not focusing enough on how they're eating it. And I've kind of learned this, you know, just having, just being in the shop and, and discovering it with some other dogs. But the Mind Pet pet Platter is really cool. So the bowl, the bowl again, so the bowl was developed just like Kibble was out of convenience for us. Um, so, you know, scoop, pour, feed, super simple. Problem with the bowl is, is that uh, there's a lot of problems with the bowl. But one is that the dog actually uses their bottom jaw to scoop food up against the side of the bowl, which 
creates them uh, or kind of forces them to gulp the food down along with a whole bunch of air. So it can cause some indigestion and bloat and some other issues. So that's, you know, one of the problems. Another one is that it cuts off their peripheral. So once their head is down in the bowl, like you don't believe me, stick your head down in a bowl. <laughs> it cuts off all your peripheral vision. So you don't know what's coming at you. And for a dog, that's really important. Um, they have no three six. They have no view of what's happening. It just blinds them. So this can cause aggression, you know, food aggression, resource guarding, things like that. And then the bull also can be really loud. I mean, the dog's teeth hitting the the bull or their collar hitting the bull. You know, dogs have really sensitive hearing, so it can cause a lot of anxiety and stress on them when they're eating out of a bull for that reason as well. So, or maybe all three. So. Feeding off of a platter is really cool because it, I mean, it does a lot of things, but it, it has a, a moat around the, the edge of it, which really helps. Um, like if you pour goat milk on the, on top of the food, like it, you know, dogs can look up around the edge. It really helps entice those, those instincts that they have to kind of forage and search and use their sense of smell. And, and it's really stimulating for them. Um, but it also slows them down quite a bit. Um, cause you're kind of, you know, putting the food on a flat surface, you know, and, and so they're licking, they're using their, their tongue and their incisors, um, which actually when they, when they lick things, it helps release endorphins in their brain to calm them down. Um, it's just a natural way for them to eat. You know, you think about dogs in the wild, like they're not, or wild cane is like, they're not eating out of bowls, right? They're just eating off of a flat surface. And it's also their posture is something that's really important to their posture when they're eating off of, of a platter is much more natural than it is when they're eating out of a bowl, which can really help, you know, when they, when it's eating, when they're eating off, off the platter there, it's a more natural posture, which helps them um, digest their food better. I've also seen a lot of these like slow feeders that can have some really like protruding things on them. Like these little tentacles and stuff like that. The problem with that is that dogs actually have really sensitive noses. It's, one, it's like the most sensitive part of their body. So with these things, I've seen dogs walk away from those because it, it hurts. It hurts to eat. So why would they do that? With the Mind Pet Platter, it doesn't have that. It's just, they're like little divots and then the moat that goes around the edge. So it's it's just really stimulating. It's really, it's been life-changing for a lot of our customers' dogs. So can't recommend that enough. It's also made here in the U.S. It's non-toxic. It's made out of cellulose, which is a natural plant fiber. And it's non-porous. It's dishwasher safe. It's just really easy to clean. We've been using ours for both our dogs for probably three years now, maybe longer, four years. Yeah, they're super hardy. Like they, I just, I feel like they're going to last a super long time, but they're great. Dogs love them. We love them. Super easy. So if you have a question that you want us to answer on our next podcast, you can find us a few different ways. You can send an email to danielle at fangsfur.com. You can find us on our website, fangsfur.com, or you can direct message us on Instagram at fangs and fur pets. The views and opinions on this podcast should not be used as an alternative to veterinary advice. We always encourage you to seek the professional advice of your vet. Before starting a raw diet, we encourage you to ask lots of questions, do your research, and speak with a qualified vet and or canine feline nutritionist.